Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with your hosts, Jake and Randy, discussing all things freestyle frisbee and whatever else that comes up. Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. Hey, Randy, how's it going? Hey, Jake, I'm doing great today. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Awesome. So I know that the last time that we spoke, I had just gotten back from Frisbeer, and you were actually attending the hat tournament that just took place in Santa Barbara for Jerry Gear's birthday. And I saw some photos on Facebook showing some of the folks that were there, and it was a huge turnout. Looks like you had a great time. Yeah, definitely. I did have a great time. It was uh, it was amazing how many people showed up. Uh, there were um, more than thirty jammers there, and uh, it was kind of it was a who's who of the the West Coast early jammers, those that started the sport. Um, there were so many people there: Tom Shepard, Richie Bartle, Z Wayan, Chipper Bro, uh, and a whole bunch of others. It was uh, just amazing. And so that was a hat tournament, right? And I ended up drawing in the finals: uh, Richie Bartle and Billy Kaplan. Billy was on fire. He was, I think he caught everything that he went for. He caught a number of guidances, lots of spins. And then Richie said he hadn't played for 10 years. He can shred, man. Who knew? It was amazing. We had such a good time. As you would expect a tournament from Jerry Gear, the vibe was just totally, totally chill. So they had dinner at their house on Friday and um, he had homemade trophies. They were uh, wind chimes that he painted. So uh, uh, it was just really fun and chill and relax. And of course, beautiful wind. The Santa Barbara Vive Palm Park. And I noticed you guys were on the beach. Were you on the beach that was close to Palm Park? We parked right near Palm Park and then walked just a little bit past the restrooms and onto the sand. It looked it looked like a nice hard pack. And, you know, this is kind of a nice segue into today's episode because we're going to continue our conversation with Con Cummins. And uh, he's actually going to talk a little bit about his introduction to Joey Hudoklin and his journey to Santa Barbara back when he was a young lad. And uh, it's really fascinating to kind of get his insight into what the Santa Barbara scene was back then. So enjoy. You, you go there and you knock on Joey van door and there's yeah. youtube he doesn't know who you are and you have pretty significant game at this time so what was that first jam like can you kind of talk about what was he thinking about uh, you and i don't know really um i can't really remember is it because it all sort of blends into you know he was happy that i could play and i could throw you know decent z's and whatever but um but he had Look, what what Adrian had said to me, and this is when I went back in 88, what Adrian had said to me was that he said to Joey, he said, what do you think about Con's game? And, and Joey had said, well, every time he touches the disc, it's an eight. <laughs> so he sort of, he knew I could play and uh, whatever, but I think he was just on a different, um, he was more like a mentor as well, like a teacher for right. me as well. I got a few really valuable things from Joey, one of which was was the consecu- consecutivity. The other thing was to take the disc where it is thrown to you. Like a lot of the time you just pick the disc up. You know, I was at that stage where I just picked the disc up, I'd stand it in front of me and then I'd do something with it. Whereas what Joey was doing was if it was coming down at knee height, he would pull it out at knee height. If it was coming over his head, he'd do a hoop, turn, kick it, and then, you know, 
it was all about taking the disc where it was given to you rather than trying to control it to a place and then start your movement from there. And so much came out of that, that uh, concept that that really changed changed a lot for me and then the other thing that he really it really impressed me was that he wasn't like I was used to just going all out all the time for the most intense difficult stuff that I could possibly do <laughs> whereas Joey would say sometimes I just like to flow and just do an easy easy game day and he would um, he'd just do these uh, simple combinations very flowing very easy going and that got me to come down off that intensity thing and a lot of this really was assimilated when i got back to england and started um just really kind of yeah assimilating what what i'd learned but it was about taking it easy for a couple of combos and then going back to something intense and it gives you more uh, creativity to do that because you're changing things up rather than the way that we used to play was you think up a really difficult move and you take six months getting it down. Like if you want to learn a triple spinning center-to-leg guidance pullout, that's all you do for like 10 combos <laughs> and <laughs> shout fuck every time you drop the disc. <laughs> you know, like it was different from, uh, it was a different thing. It was more enjoyable. And then the last thing that Joey showed me or, or told me was, was to catch the disc, just to make sure you catch the disc. And what happens then is you start gaining in confidence by doing simple catches. You're just already in a more resourceful state, you know, feeling good about your play rather than constantly going for something difficult, dropping the disc and then getting in a bad mood about it. Build to the crescendo, right? It's like, don't go for the crescendo every time. Let the crescendo build and go for it. Yeah, 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 that's right. But look, I I, um, I don't know what the guys thought. I can't say what the guys thought of me. I, I, th I was very young at that time, and I'm, uh, I'm sort of slightly on the spectrum as well. Like, uh, I'm a little bit autistic, which sort of, it was a good thing in a way because it gave me great concentration for... Um, you know, things like Frisbee or whatever, but also could make me a little bit socially awkward because if I got more than three or four people in a room, I get quite overwhelmed. So I can't hear one person because my vision and, and ears are quite open to lots of things. So I was sort of a strange guy to have around. But I think they sort of liked me because I, I, you know, I played Frisbee sort of well and I was, you know, I wasn't an asshole. <laughs> the reason why I ask is like to have somebody just appear out of nowhere doing eights and you have no idea who they are. Was you know that just doesn't happen nowadays. There's YouTube and everybody knows oh, what that's your right. game is. And it's like you just came out of nowhere, knocked on a van door and you're doing eights. I that's why I was like he must have been like, Who the hell are you? Maybe, um, but then again he'd also had a you know, he'd had exposure to a lot of good players over the years and he probably just went, Oh great, it's a guy that can play you know you get familiar with people really quickly if you're playing for you know three or four hours a day with them he must have you know, maybe he thought like oh yeah great you know but uh, i don't think it was that much of a surprise and don't forget like chip and uh and, and joey and the other guys who were there they could most of them could do what i could do do you know what i mean it probably wouldn't have been like so shocking only that he didn't really know who I was to begin with. Right. I guess that's maybe the, the thing that's shocking is just nowadays that just wouldn't happen. And I would love for it to have somebody come out of the blue that just, you know, 
even though I could do the moves that, wow, I have no idea who you are and you're this heinous player. Yeah, cool. yeah. Um, but I certainly, I got it from my, from my side. It was amazing to see all of these really cool, you know, guys and girls that could play and do, um, you know, all really sort of interesting, interesting moves like Evan David. The first time I saw Evan, well, I've only played with him once, but um, I played with Evan David one evening down at Palm Park and he was such a different type of player. I mean, he'd shoot the disc and deflect it with his foot and then do, you know, a brush, you know, under the leg, a uh, spinning brush or something. It was just uh, really inspiring to see somebody play so differently. Yeah, it was wild. It was really, really cool. You know, everyone had their own sort of character. That was the other thing I, I remember. You could see the character of their play, you know, not just the moves that they were doing. Yeah. Well, we've often talked about how you can recognize people by how they play. Like I approaching the jam from really far away and I can't tell who the people are by their faces because they're so far away, but I can see how they're moving and I'm like, oh yeah, that's Larry. Oh, there's Randy. Oh, that's James. <laughs> Just by how they're moving on the field. Yeah, that's right. It's totally, that's cool. right. it's really cool how much, I mean, each of us, even though a lot of us do similar moves, we're still, we make it our own definitely. Yeah. When you say the character of who they are, it almost sounds like you're talking something a little bit deeper than just kind of how their movements are. It's like their person is kind of dictating what their jam or their jam style is. Is that what you're kind of implying? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a very expressive uh, art freestyle frisbee. And you, you, can, you can see people, you can see the way that they, even if you can't completely define it, you can see the differences in people play if they're more restricted in some areas um, you know, like pirouetting or if they, um, they're very earnest and try really hard or others don't try really hard but are very flowing and sort of calm and gentle the way they play. Yeah, people have just got really different um, styles of play. Is that reflective of their personality, you think, maybe? I believe so, yeah. So, I think so, too. I think that's really an interesting observation. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I hadn't really thought so much about the personality aspect of it, but I think you're both right. I agree. And, you know, you could see that a lot when, you know, playing through Europe, Adrian and I, we, we'd noticed that there was a lot of similarities in uh, the ways that people from Europe would play, which were, which were quite different to us. I mean, we, <laughs> we didn't really, we, we kind of looked on uh, other people as very, as almost pathologically normal. Like you'd have these guys who uh, had short haircuts you know, we'd see them out in the mornings at these championships and they'd be jogging um, and we'd sort of turn up at half past 11, bleary-eyed <laughs> from the night before with long hair and leather jackets and whatever. And you could see there was a real difference in the way that the play was was approached. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you want to know about the rhythmic gymnastics? I, yeah, uh, where does that fit in? I, I met this lady named Heather at a party and... Um, I mean, I was fully into freestyle at that time, and she she was introduced to me as a coach for um, uh, the All English, uh, sorry, the British squad uh, for rhythmic gymnastics, and that's like the girls with the hoops and balls and ropes and clubs and stuff. And I got talking to her, you know, arrogantly sort of said, "Oh, frisbee, the object manipulation freestyle frisbee is greater than wielding a ball around or a club around, sort of thing." 
And I tried to explain to her sort of what I did. And she said, well, okay, just come down. And, uh, and I said, oh, I said oh, maybe I can show you guys some, some tricks and ways of, of moving, you know, doing rolls with the ball, body rolls, that sort of thing. And she said to me, okay, well, you, you come down to our training session, have a look um, and see what you can show us. And, you know, I was very interested in getting my form uh, together Having seen, you know, Joey and Donnie play, I was like, all right, okay, so that's the next sort of um, step in becoming a better player. So I'd done some dance classes or whatever, but I'd seen rhythmic gymnastics and thought, oh, this is closer to what I want to do. And having met this woman, Heather, she said, come down. So I I spent a year with, it was kind of bizarre, it was me, a boy of 20, 21 years old, something like that. And then all these like 13 to 16 year old girls in leotards. And um, I would show them like different roles and stuff. And then they would show me how to, you know, look better, like better form with pointed toes, extending the legs, extending the arms. And I just practice spinning catches and rolls and whatever for, you know, a couple of hours in this huge gym. And that that really changed uh, changed my play a lot. Having come back from um, the states, learning how to um, how to play, you know, more sort of variety in my game, and then learning, you know, how to look better, it made a real difference. It made a real difference. It was a very um, you know very serious uh, commitment to go and do that. I think that made a made a real big difference to my game. Also, after I came back from, getting a bit jumbled up here, but after I came back from having that European championship with Fabrizio and Claudio, I came back and Mary and I, my, my girlfriend, uh, didn't have anywhere to live. So we ended up living in an ashram uh, in a yoga center in London, which was this four-story house, which was run like a, like a proper ashram. In order to live there, you had to get up in the morning at five o'clock and do two hours of chanting and meditation and then two hours of physical yoga before you could um, have any breakfast. Like that, those were the rules. And it was, it was different for me because I, I wasn't really used to getting up at that time in the morning. There was one guy there, Chandra, who his job, his yoga, uh, karma yoga, his job was to get Khan up in the morning. Like he would sit at the base of my bed and say, time to get up, Con, time to get up, Con. <laughs> and, uh, eventually, they trained me after about two weeks. They trained me to get up at five in the morning and then start this regime. Now, I lived there for about 18 months. And um, when I left there, I could do the splits. I could bend myself up like a pretzel or whatever. I'd learned, um, oh, yeah, I'd learned how to meditate which was a real, that, that was a real change for my game as well, I think. Really? You think um, that meditation had a change to your game? How do you think it affected you? Um, it makes you more natural, or it made me more natural uh, and calm. Also, the looseness of the body from the, from the yoga sort of helped. But it just makes you, it gives you clarity. Um, it, it's, it's got, because there's, you're learning to sort of get in the way of yourself less, um, there was less sort of self-interference and you just sort of, you're basically reacting and responding to what's happening around you rather than, you know, getting in a mood or, or whatever. Things started to clear up a lot for me after being in the yoga center for a while. 
and, and I think it improved my my play a lot. That's interesting because Jake and I have talked a lot about how when we go out to jam, it's kind of like our meditation. It's where we get to just stop the talking guy in our heads and we just get lost in the in the yeah. the jam and the in the movement. And it's interesting to hear you say that actually meditation can help take that even a little bit further. I I, I never really thought about yeah. that. Yeah, I think so. I think it does because you sitting meditation is a little bit harder um, than moving sort of meditation because you only have your own mind to deal with. Whereas with frisbee, you've you've got the frisbee to deal with. It's sort of like a distraction in a way. You are training your mind, you're concentrating, but it's a bit of a distraction. Whereas learning to concentrate on your breath and that alone, and then bring yourself back to your to your breath is. Uh, quite a rigorous form of training. Yeah. Did you feel like that, that, that brought you into a more present state when you were, when you were freestyling? At the time, I didn't think about it at all because when you're thinking naturally, you don't really think about it at all. But, but now I realize for sure that um, it changed a a lot in my life um, and especially my, my Frisbee play. And I also started um, uh, as a, as a martial art called Bagua Zhang which is uh, it's like a Chinese palm boxing. And one of the, one of the exercises, a major part of the exercise in, in that style of, of martial arts is walking a circle. That's a meditative exercise. Uh, because you're walking a circle, you're either towing in from the outside foot, uh, uh, sorry, from the inside foot. You, because you're walking around, every step that you make sets up a kind of spiral motion in your body. Because you're not walking straight, you're walking at an angle. You're constantly walking around at an angle. So you're training spiral movement inside your body. And that translates as spiral movements to your arms and your limbs. And you do it slowly as a meditation. And then after that, you can sit and feel the sensation of that spiraling movement. And what that does. It makes you move in a different way, um, and it makes you move in a very smooth, um, fast way. That I think that was the kind of cream on the cake for me in terms of um, my freestyle play. I started that when I was about eight or nine years into my freestyle play. Having done that for a year or so, um, that's when my play really really took off something happened where all the previous training i'd done with the you know the rhythmic gymnastics the tai chi the yoga and, and this thing that all sort of came together to make me a really um different kind of player everything was was very spontaneous very connected together and it felt like i couldn't i really couldn't put a foot wrong a whole year there, I was playing incredibly well. All those things fed into into the freestyle, but it's not really a surprise. I suppose if you if you do something for ten years for that many hours a day, it's got to come to a to a point at, at some stage where you where you play well. But I remember at eighty nine, where you mentioned the Wiftiv Championship, that's when I was playing. I think my very best um, in terms of difficulty. Yeah, for sure. Well, it was fascinating to hear uh, how far Khan went into all these other disciplines to expand his freestyle game. I don't know that I've heard anyone else use that many disciplines and go that deep into it. The thing that really struck me was his uh, meditation comparison and how much he said that the 
meditation, both sitting and then that active meditation of walking around in circles, how much that really helped him become a better jammer. You know, you and I have always talked about how the freestyle is the meditation for us, but somehow it actually improved his freestyle game. It's just something I'd never thought about before. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, I thought that was interesting too. It helped him uh, become more present because when you're in, like he was talking about an active meditation, you're present, but you're also distracted by the activity. And there's something about that sitting meditation where you really have to be way more focused and on your breath and keep the mind from wandering. And when you're physically doing something, you're distracted and the mind isn't wandering as much. So yeah, interesting to hear him talk about how that deepened his being present. But it was also interesting to hear how he, he it was like an interdisciplinary approach of not just focusing on freestyling, but the rhythmic gymnastics and the yoga and all of those disciplines all kind of came together to a head where there was just that magical blend where it all was kind of happening and not thinking about it. And I thought that was really cool. I've never really done that for myself, except, you know, maybe the theater training I've had has given me some performance understanding, but uh, never really have done a deep dive into another discipline and had it dovetail into my game. And, And that actually makes me think about some of the stuff that we've done, just watching YouTube stuff of other other disciplines like we've watched some dance uh, videos we've also watched juggling videos to try to get ideas you can get some surface effect that'll happen but i don't think it's going to be that deep effect until you really dive in there yeah that surface effect is pretty cool though because it can show up in your choreography and your routines right you can end up doing these these movements especially with a partner if you're watching dance that you wouldn't have done before you can definitely get a surface effect if you don't do the deep dive uh, but i'm really intrigued by that deep dive of interdisciplinary approach and having it uh, affect your game and blossom in a way that i don't know i've ever come close to why don't we wrap this up i know that we're Uh, wanting to get more people engaged. And uh, we've been talking about some of those opportunities. So maybe you might want to expand on that. Yeah. So I know lots of people are on Facebook, but not everyone is on Facebook. And I don't know about you, Randy, but I'm kind of burning out on Facebook. So uh, I just wanted to remind folks that we have a mailing list up on Frisbee Guru. Uh, If you go to the podcast link, there's a sign up there and we put out uh, announcements for when there's new live streams, when there's new podcasts, and just a regular newsletter of all the things that are coming up. So if you want to stay in touch and you're not on Facebook, that's a great way to do it. Yeah. And it comes out every Monday. So you're going to get weekly updates of all the activities on Frisbee Guru without having to be dialed into any social media. You can just get it directly to your inbox. So you know what, Jake, on that note, I will talk to you next time. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. To contact us or for more info, check us out at frisbeeguru.com. Home to Haynesville, Shooting the Frisbees, and live streaming freestyle frisbee.